You are Locked On Brewers, your daily Milwaukee Brewers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Lockdown Brewers, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. I'm your host, Ben Larson. You can find me on Twitter at Lockdown Brewers is the show handle, and at Cheesehead Talks is my personal handle at Cheesehead Talks with an S at the end, or Facebook.com slash Lockdown Brewers. Go check us out. All three social media platforms interact, engage, drown your sorrows. <laughs> the Brewers with a gut wrenching loss last night to Cincinnati. Ooh, that one hurt. That one really hurt. There's, I don't get hurt badly that much anymore. You know, after after, you know, being a baseball fan for so many years, I think I, I develop a little bit of a thick skin because you have to. Otherwise, you know, you, you just you, you can't get any enjoyment out of it. At least that's how I feel. Uh, I, I roll my eyes a lot of times at the Brewer fans, and this again, all teams, but the Brewer fans uh, that I see in April and May who are, are agonizing over losses. I mean, come on, man. <laughs> you know, it's such a long season. But now we're getting into it. It's the pennant drive a little bit where we're starting to sniff the uh, the races. It's really tight in the division. It's really tight in the wild card. They're starting to get on a roll a little bit. You felt it. It was great story developing. I think that's what is, is killer for me more than anything is it was a great story that was developing with Saladino's second grand slam in a row. Are you serious? And, you know, Suarez, like, come on, man. You're supposed to realize what's going on here. You guys are nine games back. <laughs> you know, come on. What are you doing? I mean, that's how you feel. It's silly, but that's how you feel sometimes. Anyway, we'll talk about it. Yay, coming up. Uh, we'll also have uh, Tuesdays with Dr. Scott, our Brewers Sabermetrics genius, on the way as well to talk about uh, both uh, Lorenzo Kane and Keston Hira. Got to get into Hira and the type of season he's having so far and what he's done since the All-Star break. What are the sabermetrics behind that? We'll talk about that with Dr. Scott coming up on the show. And I'll run down a little bit as well about Brandon Woodruff and the Brewers' ability to replace him here over the next six weeks. If you missed it, it's now projected to be a six-week injury. That puts you very early September before he can come back. So what does that mean and how will the Brewers deal with that? I'll, I'll give some insight into my thoughts on that coming up a little bit later on as well. So if your company wants to reach an upscale male audience and your company should add, uh, you should be running ads right here on this podcast to get your company connected with this audience, email LockdownBrewers at gmail.com or email Locked at LockdownPodcast.com to get more details about increasing your business. Three up, three down. Okay, I really was looking forward to three up, three down. Oh, about the uh, top of the ninth inning last night, after <laughs> the bottom of the eighth, and then very quickly I wasn't looking so forward to it. But uh, let's go with it anyway. The three ups. All right, the first up is Tyler Slamadino. Tyler Slamadino. Oh, hey yo! It only took him fifty at bats. What's magical about this is uh, is my foresight, right? I, I'm amazing. <laughs> let's just say it. Right, was it on his 49th or 50th at bat? I think of the year. 
I'll have to go back and check. Since he got called up, he hits the Grand Slam home run in Arizona on Sunday. Uh, and then, of course, last night hits one again. Just miraculous. I mean, it's only the 24th time that that has ever happened in Major League Baseball history. Babe Ruth did it twice. I'll give you uh, 50 bucks right now if you can name the former brewer, or the, the only brewer who's ever done it. Well, I would have no way of knowing if you answer, but it's Rob Deere. So, you know, 50 bucks if you got it. Imaginary 50 bucks. But Rob Deere was the only other brewer to do it, but did it back in 18, uh, 1987. So, you know, pretty impressive, uh, that, that feat. And Tyler Saladino, at the very least, has something to tell his kids about because that was really something. Uh, and what a moment at Miller Park. And you're thinking, oh, this is going to be a great win, right? This is going to be a great win. This is so awesome. Moment of the year. Uh, anyway, second up, Chase Anderson. Got you into the sixth again, five and two-thirds. Chase was on the case last night. Gonna, not going to play the highlight because it's too depressing to lose the game. But uh, he did well, and you take that from Chase Anderson every time out. Two runs, five and two-thirds. I'll take it. Uh, and and did, it, did the job for the Brewers again, exactly what you needed him to do. The third up, late offense again. The Brewers have been pretty clutch since the All-Star break. I mean, don't look now, but they're starting to hit all the time with runners in scoring position where it was such a weak spot before and starting to score runs six, seven, eight innings, uh, eighth innings. Looking really good. So that's definitely an up, and despite the gut-wrenching nature of the loss, a positive to take out of it. All right, the downs. Jeremy Jeffers. I mean, you just you can't really trust him, right? It, it's He's better than average. He's not horrendous out there. He's working a lot for you. He's getting outs. But you just can't. You just The eye test and, you know, seeing what happened last night, you just can't quite trust him. He's certainly not what he was last year. He doesn't have the splitter. And he's not able to locate very well a lot of times. And ugh. now that I'll say this. The, the, the home run by Suarez was... You know, the first hard-hit ball I've seen off of Jefferson in a while, but still, you know, giving up hits, getting guys to reach, it's been tough. Second down, the bullpen overall last night, uh, after it had been stellar, I guess they were due to, to have a letdown because they were so good in that Arizona series. They were really, really good, and it's tough to ask them to be great all the time, but they allow, uh, was it four runs uh, last night, uh, including the two-run home run again by Suarez. Really, it's just uh, Suarez who's killing the Brewers. Two-run home run against Adrian Hauser, and then, of course, the game winner, essentially, against Jeremy Jeffers. So the bullpen had an off night. And then the third down, uh, Craig Council, uh, just his decisions and not being able to use Josh Hader. It's not – so I, I said those two things together. Look, the club and the organization has made the decision that, that Hader's not going to pitch three days in a row. So it wasn't going to happen. Uh, but Council, I'll talk about a little bit more about his decisions coming up. Uh, but a lot of arguments, and rightfully so, about how he handled the game. So we'll talk about that. But just uh, not a great way, I didn't think, to handle it, you know, down the stretch in this game and, and you know, how they handled Suarez as opposed to Van Meter, who was on deck. So I'll talk about that in a minute, but I'll go with that for the third down from last night's game. Always uh, love to take your comments, particularly after a game like this on Twitter. I uh, would love to hear what you have to say about what do you think about the way Council managed the game and, and what how the Brewers handled that situation uh, in the ninth inning that, of course, did not go their way. There's a difference between the decision and if the decision works or not because, you know, players still have to execute. But did Council make the right decision? Uh, so we'll, we'll uh, 
I'd love to take your comments on on Twitter at that at Lockdown Brewers or at Cheesehead Talks with an S. I'd love to hear from you, and we can I can respond on Twitter. We can even bring it up again tomorrow on the show. So main takeaways, was that the most gut-wrenching loss of the year? Yeah. The reason why is because they've had some tough losses, but because of where it comes. When they lose a heartbreaker in August, that's going to replace this as the most gut-wrenching loss of the year. You know, that's as the season goes along, the games mean more. You have a, a momentum. You have a great night at Miller Park, uh, a grand slam home run to come from behind. I mean, just a storybook, curtain call for Saladino, and then pfft, you know, you give it up in the next inning. Uh, gut-wrenching. Uh, bullpen needs help. But j- again, this reinforces what we're talking about. David Stearns has got to go get a couple of arms in the bullpen. Just has to. They can't keep up even the pace they've been. They'll be really good over the weekend in Arizona, and they'll have an off game. You know, that's going to happen. I get it. But to to get this bullpen to a point where you really feel like, hey, they can compete down the stretch. If they get into the playoffs, they have a puncher's chance. You just need to get a couple more arms, you know. Uh, but the good news, again, the clutch hitting continues for the Brewers. I mean, really, really good sixth, seventh, eighth innings. Really good. And it's been exciting to see, and, and I don't know if they can keep up this pace, but it is definitely reversed and is evening out. Uh, short sample size again, as we always say, but it's evening out from where it was through the entire first part of the season. All right, Craig Council. Uh hear from him as we always do so he talked about how the game played out actually the way he wanted it to play out late it actually probably kind of rolled out the way uh, you know i was hoping it rolled out chase gave us a good start you know i was thinking adrian for two innings tonight at some point you know as far as the pinch hitters i thought we we you know we got to good spots so no no worries about that really yeah i don't know from that perspective i thought it, i thought it went well so keston hero was a late scratch and worried that maybe it could be a DL trip for him. You never know. We just didn't hear much news about it, but he did get in at bat and drew a walk and then was pinch run for immediately. So what's the story with Keston here? Tough guy to lose when you're when he's so hot. He's the National League player of the week, first Brewer rookie ever to have that honor. His his numbers are incredible. We'll talk about it in a little bit with Dr. Scott, but now all of a sudden he's hampered with this thigh thing. So what's the status with Hira? We just got to be careful with him. So we're just, we're just trying to be careful. He, he heard it yesterday on the triple late in the game. So we're, we're just being cautious and day to day. We'll see how he feels when he comes in tomorrow. And again, you absolutely have to hope that it's minor and then he can work through it and he can be back to full strength because the Brewers need that bat in the lineup. Holy smokes. Uh, so as it relates to council, I said I would get to this in three up, three down. Um, okay. We know this and just kind of got to accept this uh, and not question it, I think, until we see differently. As a rule, the Brewers do not use Josh Hader three days in a row. He only threw 24 pitches in the two outings he had in Arizona, uh, as opposed to Jeremy Jeffers was over 50 in his two outings. They also used him, but they've used Jeffers three days in a row, and they don't have a big problem with that. They just will not use Hader three days in a row. He's just has proved to be ineffective before when they've done it, no matter how many pitches he's thrown. So you got to trust that. I don't have a problem with that. It is what it is. But should he have walked Suarez to get to Van Meter? And I get the thinking 100%, which is why I'm not I'm not uh, trashing counsel here the way that, that some people did on Brewers Twitter last night and maybe continue to today. I'm just not going to do that because I get the thinking. It, you don't want to put the tying run on, or the lead run, I'm sorry, on base, even if first base is open, even if the guy's a home run hitter. But I will say that I disagree with the decision because what overshadows it is Suarez. He's already hit a two-run home run. He's a big home run threat. 
And the guy on deck, he's hitting 236 this year, one home run, six RBI. Uh, hasn't had that many at-bats, only has three doubles. The, the worry is he puts one in the gap and the lead run scores anyway, right? Okay, I get that. Uh, and I do get it. Again, it's, a, it's always a risk to put the lead run on base. So I understand that. But what gives you the best chance, I guess, is what it comes down to. And if the roles were reversed and it was Yelich at the plate, you know, would you walk Yelich? Probably. You know, if you're the Reds, probably. So, and Yelich has more protection behind him. Josh Van Meter is not the kind of protection uh, for Suarez that Yelich has behind him on any given night. Moustakis, you know, Braun, uh, Grandal, you know, that that's what they're looking at. So, anyway, uh, I disagree with the decision. I'd love to again hear your thoughts about it on Brewers Twitter, our Brewers Twitter, at Lockdown Brewers or at Cheesehead Talks. And uh, tell me what you think about what the, the decision with counsel there and, and how he decided to, to handle that. Second, guesses, guess, second guessing is always part of being a manager for sure. So uh, I'd love to read your comments, and I'll, uh, I'll have my comments to your comments as well if you tell me what you think on Twitter. Uh, we will come back. We'll talk with Dr. Scott. Brewers Sabermetrics. Also, I'll give you my thoughts on Brandon Woodruff and how the schedule plays out and what the Brewers might be doing here with him as as he goes on the DL and probably is going to miss about six weeks. So that's all coming up. You're locked on Brewers. When you're driving to work or from work or around town or on the highway or you're flying a kite or you're riding a bike or a skateboard, all you have to do is tell your smart device to play podcast Lockdown Brewers and it'll be right there for you as you travel. It is Tuesday, and of course on Tuesday right here on Lockdown Brewers, it's always Tuesdays with Dr. Scott. Dr. Scott Borkenhagen, you can find him at, at brew underscore maths on Twitter, at brew underscore maths, also brewmaths.com. He's our brewer, sabermetrics genius, and he joins us every Tuesday to talk and break down the sabermetrics around the Milwaukee Brewers. Uh, Dr. Scott, thanks for once again joining us, and I wanted to start with Lorenzo Kane, who I think, I feel like, uh, pretty much most of his hits, not not all, but most of his hits, per- perception-wise, are stoinkers. His whole game is to just get the ball and play and kind of muscle one into the outfield or, or put one and play hard on the ground sometimes. Uh, it doesn't feel like the ball jumps off his bat the way it does with, of course, some other players on the Brewers. Is my perception correct with the sabermetrics look at things with, with Kane? Well, yes and no. Uh, if you look at the 311 batted balls, that he's hit this year. Um, his ex- average exit velocity is 89 miles per hour. Now, if you break that down a little bit, the MLB average is 87.5. His career average is 89.2. And last year he hit 89.1. So he's pretty much on par with what he he uh, brings to the table every year. Um, the other parts of it, though, if you look at his barrel percentage and his hard hit percentage, that's, that's where the stoink effect comes in. Um, he only barrels 4.5% of the hits that he has, and uh, his hard hit percentage is 42%. So um, the barrel percentage is low. That hard hit percentage, it's probably tough to know what that means in, in a vacuum. So to contextualize it, his career uh, average is 37.8, and the MLB average is 34.4. Now, if you take that a step further, um, you look at the individual pitches, his exit velocity has gone up significantly with fastballs this year, but it's it's way down with breaking and off-speed pitches. So there 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 has been that trend. Now his uh, so when you talk about hard hit balls, that's ninety five plus miles per hour off the bat. Is that right? That's right. Okay. Yeah. So he's he is pretty average. I mean, 
I think you would expect it with a guy who, who generally, uh, and I know his batting average is low this year, but generally has is, is been a 290 career hitter. So you'd expect him to be at least be average. But, it, you know, his game is to make contact, to get the ball in play. It's kind of a rare breed these days in baseball. Uh, but that's why he had been such an effective leadoff hitter before his, his troubles this year. Right. You you look at that. I think it's real telling with how low his barrel percentage is compared to how high his hard hit percentage is. Um, he doesn't necessarily get the full, the fat part of the bat on the ball um, very often because he is just trying to reach out and make contact. But when he does hit it, he usually hits it pretty well. He does. Talking with Dr. Scott, our Brewers Sabermetrics genius joins us here on Tuesdays <laughs> with Dr. Scott. You can find him, of course, at Brew underscore Maths on Twitter. Great follow with a lot of good Sabermetric stats, as you can imagine. And, of course, the website is uh, at – or, excuse me, at. The web, I'm so used to Twitter. The website <laughs> is uh, BrewMaths.com, so go check it out. All right, let's talk about Keston here because I know when we talked about him earlier, Dr. Scott, he had just been called up, and he didn't have a lot of good Sabermetrics data on him because the StatCast system is not as widely used in the in the minor leagues. But now we have, we have a pretty good sample size. And he you know, he came up for the second time uh, to the delight of everyone, <laughs> you know, Brewer Nation, and he struggled before the All-Star break. And the opposite, is safe to say, has happened since. The National League Player <laughs> of the Week, and he is absolutely raking. So, mm-hmm. first of all, we were talking about exit velocity. What is his? Because I, I saw a couple stats that he's right up there with Yelich right now uh, at the top of the league, and that's amazing for a rookie. So what is his exit velocity story? Well, Yelich, you mentioned him. His exit velocity is uh, 93.9 on average. That's uh, <clears throat> first on the Brewers. The only, the guy right behind him, though, is Hira, and his is 93.3. If you remember from what we said uh, when we were talking about Kane, the MLB average is 87.5. Now, you look at the other stat cast numbers that would indicate power, hard hit percentage, and launch angle, um, and Hira excels at both of those. The MLB average launch angle is 11.1, and his is 15.5. The average uh, hard hit percentage in the majors is 34-4, and his is 52-7. That leads the Brewers. That's yeah. actually better than Yelich. So uh, you look at <clears throat> the rest of his numbers, too, and you can get real nerdy with it. Um, his expected slugging percentage uh, is 545 this year, and the major league average in that category is 409. If you break it down to the pitches – he hits his expected slugging percentage on fastballs is 550, off speed is 670, hmm. and on breaking pitches it's 496. Every one of those numbers is higher than the league average. Now, finally, uh, with Hira, the, the point I should make is is just to contextualize this all. Last year, Yelich in an MVP season had a 1.000 OPS. Guess what here is is this year? I saw that. It's 1.00, right? It's exactly yeah. the same. So he's he's hitting at an MVP level right now. Well, obviously the sample size is much smaller. Uh, mm-hmm. But, I mean, he's a he's, what, what, 23-year-old rookie. I mean, he's just he's, – the story is incredible for what he's been able to do. 22. 22, sorry. I gave him <laughs> – we got another year for him coming up here. But, I, you know, I would imagine and, – and, again, that uh, – I don't know if you have any sabermetric stats on this, but – you you talk about the expected, uh, you know, stats for a guy. I mean, he can't keep this up. Is where I'm going, right? He, I think he'll keep up a really good pace because he's he's a hitter. I mean, he's hit at every level all the time his whole his whole career. But you know, what's realistic to expect the rest of the season for Keston Hira? Well, you, you kind of mentioned the sample size, and that can kind of work in both ways. Um, we don't really know what he's going to do in terms of the stat cast numbers going forward. And all we can really base it on is what he's done. Can he sustain this insane um, 
pace. You know, I don't know. But my hunch, based on the eye test, you just look at how he swings the bat, how he hits to all parts of the field, how he does it with authority in every direction. Um, you, You never know. He could keep this up. If you look at his strikeout percentage and his walk percentage, uh, his strikeout percentage is 30.3%. So that's an area he could improve. The MLB average is 21.5. He also walks less than the MLB average. Uh, he walks at 5.8, per, uh, a clip of 5.8%, and the average is 8.3. So this kid is up there to hit. You know, he's yeah. not going up there to watch pitches. No, he's swinging a swinging the bat, and it's working working out well so far since the All Star yeah. break. So that'd be fun to watch. An exciting story and an exciting uh, player. You know, look forward to for the Brewers for years to come here. I think that's what's really cool about it is you just can get excited about this guy for the long term, and you feel great about that if you're a Brewer fan. And uh, I homegrown, do, and I am. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> homegrown. It's good to see. All right, so we'll uh, watch him, keep monitoring him, and uh, we'll address more Saber metrics, including. The likelihood of another Tyler Saladino Grand Slam uh, next week. <laughs> Maybe you'll hit one in every game by then. I don't know. But uh, thanks, Dr. Scott. Appreciate the time. Thank you, Ben. Again, you can always find Dr. Scott at his Twitter handle, at brew underscore math, or go to his website, brewmath.com, to check out the Brewers Saber Metrics genius, Dr. Scott. And uh, always love having him on every Tuesday. So I said I'd talk about Brandon Woodruff. So where we're at with that is, of course, he's going to miss six weeks. Okay, that's what the sort of the projection is. Not a surprise. Not happy about it, but not a surprise. Obliques are never, you know, oh, I'll just miss a turn in the rotation. Now you're risking too much. So oblique strain six weeks. Uh, That puts the Brewers six weeks from the announcement of it is September 2nd, Monday, September 2nd. Okay, between now and September 2nd, the Brewers have seven off days. It's crazy. Uh, A lot of off days, tons of time off. Tons of chances to skip a turn in the rotation. They can skip the number five starter uh, three times. I'm sorry. Let me, let me rephrase it. They only need a number five starter three times between now and September 2nd. And for that reason, I was happy to see Adrian Hauser, even though he gave up the home run, I was happy to see him come out of the bullpen last night because I think that gives the team the best chance to win over that time period. And that is not moving him into the starting rotation. Now, just because he pitched last night doesn't mean he won't move it into the starting rotation. But I would actually rather see the Brewers do, you know, maybe you do bring up Wilkerson or Birch Smith, who came up uh, in the in the IL move yesterday. And maybe you give those guys a shot to do a short start and do kind of a bullpen day if, if you can arrange it with the off days and kind of time it in. Because uh, I would like to see, I think, all in all, the Brewers have their chance to win the most games with Peralta and Hauser staying in the bullpen. And again, we'll see what happens with bullpen moves. Maybe that changes things up if they get a couple of arms at the trade deadline. But I think that's what I'm seeing. Now, September 9th is a Monday. That's seven weeks away. And that would be after another off day in early September. And maybe you'll see Woodruff pitch somewhere in that range. The 9th, the 6th, they have a big series against the Cubs. I think the 5th through the 8th is a four-gamer at Miller Park, and so maybe he pitches somewhere in there if he's healthy. We'll just have to see how it all plays out. You never know, but that's what I'm thinking with Woodruff. I said yesterday you probably have to move Hauser into the rotation. When I looked at the schedule, I changed my mind about that, and and we'll see how that works out with the Brewers. So anyway, yet to be seen, and we'll learn more. They don't really need a fifth starter uh, as I was looking at it. Uh, let me... Look at my handy-dandy Brewers schedule again here. They don't really need a fifth starter, I think, until the first week in August here with the off days. Uh, Probably against the Cubs, actually. So we'll see what happens there. 
uh, down at Wrigley. That's the first weekend in August. So just uh, something to keep an eye on uh, for the Brewers as they move forward and try to figure out exactly what they're going to do here to cover that gap. It's a big one. Really, I mean, it's great that you don't need a fifth starter all that often, and it's great that you know you have all these off days, but the real sad part is you're missing Brandon Woodruff because he gave you such a good chance to win every time out. So anyway, Reds at Brewers tonight. Zach Davies against Tanner Roark. Roark. <laughs> Third time the crew will face Roark this year. He really shut him down in June on June 20th. One earned run, six innings pitched that night. But then the Brewers got to him for four earned runs, including three home runs on July 2nd. So uh, we'll see how he pitches tonight, if they've gotten some good looks at him and if they can get back to him. And Zach Davies looks to stay strong. And, boy, the Brewers are really going to need him now. Uh, so we'll see how he does tonight here for the Brewers. Good news is the Cubs lost. Giants came from behind. They're red hot, beat the Cubs last night out on the West Coast. So the Brewers remain two backs, of the, two back of the Cubs. But St. Louis jumped into second, a game and a half back now. So the Brewers are in third place, all bunched up in the Central. And uh, we'll see if it continues to be that way here. If the Brewers can still hit and get back and stay hot, and they'll have to win two in a row now to capture their third series victory in a row. We'll see if they can do it. We'll recap game two tomorrow and uh, recap that matchup and talk all about it here on Lockdown Brewers, as we always do. So looking forward to that. You can always find me on Twitter at Cheesehead Talks with an S or at Lockdown Brewers, the show handle. Facebook.com slash Lockdown Brewers as well. Please rate and review the podcast and do tell a friend about Lockdown Brewers. We continue to grow and we want to continue to grow and grow and grow as more people learn about your daily Brewers fix. So thanks for listening. Remember, you can subscribe to this show on the new Himalaya Podcast app as well as Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. And when you get in your car, tell your smart device to play podcast Lockdown Brewers. I'm Ben Larson. I'll talk to you tomorrow when we deliver your daily Brewers fix right here on Lockdown Brewers, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network.